Hello and welcome to Gem Girls, the 80s cartoon podcast where we are watching, discussing, and ripping into and basically being a couple dumb bitches about your favorite retro cartoons with a special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. I am Orifus Jones. And I'm Hakuna Matitis, and together we will be your guides through the highs and many, many, many lows of Gem. So many lows. So many lows of uh, Gem and the Holograms and the broader world of subpar 80s animation. Today, we'll be starting our Gem journey right at the beginning, episode one of Gem, which also happens to be the rather uninspired title of this episode, The Beginning. Um, yeah, uh, real creative. But before we get into the episode, we should probably take a minute just to answer the elephant in the room. That's not a phrase people use. You don't answer an elephant. <laughs> but you get it. Because really, the question, the, the question, the question on your and our mind is why. Why are we devoting time and energy into creating a podcast about a cartoon no one really remembers from their childhood? We weren't even really alive for it. Uh, there's like no real point to any of it. And yet here we are. So why, Joss? Because we found ourselves with an abundance of time and no lives, really. Right, 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 right. right. We have no lives. We exist purely to critique things of a bygone era, uh, which I guess is uh, why we're here. Yeah, we are also a couple of single millennials. So, uh, you know, all we have is each other. Right. So this is actually the most productive <laughs> use of our time, if you think about it. So if there are any single people out there, uh, hit us up. Yeah, but only only single millennials. No Gen Zers. Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Just so uh, you, you gotta have you gotta have some fucking standards. Quite honestly, if I had standards, I would for I would like stave off fucking millennials in general. We don't have our shit together. Um, which yeah. I do because hashtag daddies, yo. Yeah, I'm all about that Gen X money. Like, yeah. give me like a Gen X daddy who like drives a. Some fancy car, I don't know. Dude, 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 whatever, Gen <laughs> X, you gotta go full baby boomer. One, they're at that ripe age that, like, maybe they might die in five years. Two, like, you know, they don't—they have money to spend. They made the world awful. They might as well make my life better. That's really inspiring, Michael. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I'm just here for all you sugar babies out there. Something to look up to. Uh, but... Despite the fact that our love lives are a hot mess and we have uh, no economic wealth, a little <laughs> bit of background on Gem, because you're probably asking yourself, what the fuck is this cartoon show? I've never heard it before. Um, or, you know, maybe you did know about it from your childhood, but need a refresher. Gem, cartoon, first aired in October 1985, it ran to about 1988, and was originally conceived by Hasbro in order to market a new line of dolls. Much like how they created animated series for G.I. Joe and Transformers to market those toys. And just so you guys know, this is pretty kind of um, par for the course in the animation world. Uh, there's a lot of times where a toy line kind of comes out and they create an accompanying cartoon, even vice versa. And you'd be surprised at how often animated shows that are on the air, even today, uh, their success is based on how many toys they actually sell. 
If you ever watched the Green Lantern animated series, which was fucking fantastic, it actually got canceled because it didn't sell enough actual Green Lantern products. That's a whole other hole that I will not go down. But anyways. It's interesting, Michael. I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I find it shocking because, like I mentioned, this Green Lantern animated series, amazing show, able to enjoy by adults and children alike. But because of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, that they basically just took all of that merchandise and reappropriated it, uh, that didn't sell. Probably because it was the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, which was terrible. And so the show got canceled. Um, but anyways, uh, back to actually Jem. Uh, the character of Jem was actually meant to rival Mattel's Barbie, Hasbro Jem, Mattel Barbie. And she was supposed to be the kind of hipper, more modern version and as a former marketing executive at Hasbro put it, I don't really know if former because they created Gem or former because, like, they're dead now. Um, um, probably, I put former because I just assumed they were dead. Right. This is from the <laughs> 80s. God, they're all dust now. They're probably oil <laughs> at this point. I also just assumed he didn't work at Hasbro anymore. He must be retired, at least. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm just, uh, this... The surface-level research, folks. We've got a lot of it. <laughs> Gonna pull facts from the interwebs and, you know, put them out there for the world to assume as truth. Or just make them up entirely. Right, right, right. You got facts, you got alternative facts. They're all facts, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this former marketing executive, unnamed, by the way. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, in contrast to Barbie, Jim... <laughs> really has a social conscience, to start the quote. Her world is not about shopping and dating. She's a working girl, a woman of the 80s. She's an executive. She makes decisions. She has lots of pressures, end quote. As we actually get into the show, we'll uh, realize how that is true, and it's a pretty good distinction between Jem and other dolls, particularly Barbie, that are basically just there to look good and go on dates with their man. Yeah, it's a... Delicate balancing act, um, that is Jem slash Jerrica's life. So what the show is about, essentially, um, because there is a main character who is actually two people. Right. So uh, get your thinking hats on. This is <laughs> right. It's really complicated. So the show is about a chronic do-gooder, Jerrica, who somehow has time to run an orphanage and a record label at the same time. And... With the help of a holographic computer synergy, Jerrica transforms into her alter ego, Jem, the leader of an all-girl glam rock band. So the plot of each episode is pretty much just as nonsensical as the show's basic premise. Yeah, because like, Jocelyn, I know this show intimately at this point, <laughs> and like, you spewed that out, and I was like, the fuck is this bitch saying? Um, it's not a complicated, like, plot, it's convoluted contradictory maybe <laughs> yeah i don't know um a lot of the details that the writers of the show insert into the episodes are entirely unnecessary totes on ness um sheer ridic and that's uh totally unnecessary <laughs> sheer ridiculousness um and uh, oh lord yeah 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 get a lot get ready for a lot of a breeze people um, and yeah, the, uh, the show is, uh, pretty fucking outrageous, which is fitting because that's like, kind of like their tagline. Truly outrageous. Um, but we do have to give a little bit of credit because despite the fact that we are going to shit on this show a lot, cause it's kind of fun, you gotta, you know, give credit where it's due. 
that this actually was mildly historic, the cartoon show, uh, in that it was a cartoon show set in the United States, produced in America, that actually had an all-female cast. Uh, not necessarily seen a lot beforehand. Um, so, okay, with all that out of the way, let's get into the beginning, part one. So this is a three-part episode, by the way. And it's written by none other than creator of Gem and the Holograms herself, Christy Marks, who actually got her start writing for G.I. Joe and Transformers. Like Michael said, other Hasbro shows. And otherwise known as High Gemissary in the Church of Gemliness, Christy. <laughs> we don't use all of her honorifics, but I'm just saying we have to put it out there for the first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're definitely gemophiles. You know, we're right. gem gemologists. Gemissaries. Gemissaries. Spreading the good word of gem. Fully evolved gembryos. <laughs> to all of you little gembryos. Exactly, exactly. Um, inseminate those embryos. Oh my god! Wait, they're already—they've <laughs> already been inseminated. Jocelyn, you're bringing science into this. Get out of here. <laughs> god, I'm just There's imagining no room for science and gem. I'm just imagining you like jizzing onto an embryo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, your mind went there. All right, that's not on me. <laughs> that was your fault. <laughs> Anyway, um, according to the Gem Bible, which is apparently a thing, um, found, of course, on Christy Marx's own website, this is the episode where, quote, Gem and the Holograms accept a challenge to compete with the misfits in a giant battle of the bands, with the winner to take control of Starlight Music. Jerrica Benton faces disaster when Starlight House, her home for foster girls, is set on fire. Um, I don't know if that summary helps at all. Sounds motherfucking dramatic, though. Yeah, it really does. So we're going to kind of break things down for you, but we're going to start at the very beginning of the episode. Um, so we get an introduction to the band. They're arriving at some red carpet event. A lot of fans standing outside cheering their name. There's a blimp flying through the sky that says Gem. Oh, and, I didn't catch that blimp. Although, yeah, I, I caught the blimp. Okay, I did catch, though, like, some Mozart-looking hoe in, like, a frilly <laughs> shirt with white hair pulled back in the crowd. She looked great. I have never seen, like, <laughs> I've never seen classical composer reappropriated in a modern style, and I really liked it. <laughs> Damn it. How did I miss that? Ugh. I miss all the important things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That blink, if you miss that. She was maybe on screen for like a quarter of a millisecond, but uh, <laughs> I really saw her story in that amount of time. Um, so yeah, apart from her, we are introduced to the band itself. Um, so they arrive in this hideous car, um, and they're introduced one by one. The first one to come out is, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. No, but... it goes, eh. I mean, as someone who took, you know, notes, Jocelyn takes it seriously. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Everyone's screaming, and I actually, I do give credit to, like, the Lady Marks, because this is a good way of introducing us to the names of the characters, as well as who they are. And, uh, you know, this is going to be one of very, very few nods to Christy Marks' craftsmanship as a narrator or narrative writer. But this one, I'll, I'll give it to her. So first we get Aja. She's the Asian one. She has blue hair. <laughs> uh, 
again, maybe not the like a very on on the nose name. Yeah. Uh, next we get Shayna. She's the black one. Uh, we get Kimber, who we'll learn later. Actually, I don't even know if they really address this in this episode, but is actually Jerrica's sister. Uh, we'll get into the Nick Grits of how weird and problematic that is later. Um, and they all do this little, like, like kick and a twirl when they get out, which I thought was unnecessary and, like, kind of funny. One thing that Jem does that I appreciate, she, like, does a little hair toss and, like, a zhuzh. Which oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That was hot. Yeah, when, when Jem rolls out, she also has this, like, translucent, like, not veil, but, like, a sheet that she kind of, like, pulls after her, and she kind of comes out, and it looks like, like it, it looks kind of like a wedding kind of thing vibe, but it's just, it makes her look, like, super classy. Was it a veil, or, I thought that was, like, the magic of synergy kind of, like, shimmering behind her. I was not sure what that was. Dude, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the uh, the concept or the practice or a discipline of physics and uh, real world rules do not apply in this show. So it could have been some high powered computer casting an illusion some through somebody's earrings. As again, we'll explain later. Or it could have just been a very very thin piece of fabric. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it'll remain a mystery for the rest of our lives, surely. Truly, surely. Um, and as Jem rolls out onto the red car- carpet, someone asks her, like, oh my god, Jem, you're gonna re- like, uh, release a new album, da 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 reporter thing, question, question. And someone's like, how does it feel to be famous? To which, <laughs> Jem, I remember how it all began, with the unexpected death of my father, which is like, whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hard show took a turn. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you think these people on the red carpet give a shit? Like, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh... you're going like, you're going real back to the beginning. This is uh, this whole like they're gonna be on this red carpet for like 45 minutes. Right. So, anyways, it like immediately cuts to this like scene in a cemetery, gloomy skies. There's a storm. Everyone is in black except for Jerica, who's wearing like a fucking purple power suit. To her father's funeral. It's fuck. It's ridiculous. Like no one wears purple to a funeral. <laughs> uh, the yeah, only no. rational thing I can think is that her boyfriend Rio is there, who also has purple hair. So like maybe she's trying to like match his hair. Which again, dude, it's your father's <laughs> funeral. Nothing should be taken into. None of that should be taken into account when it's your your dad just died. She has to let the world know who she's boning. Uh, is she, though? Is she even boning him? I mean, that's something that I actually have a question about for a later comment that happens in this episode. But, like, my issue is not only is she wearing a purple power suit, she's wearing a purple shitty hat and purple eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit too much with the purple accents. And this is coming from someone who loves a good purple accent. Um... (laughs) It's far too much, Jerrica. Get it together. You have one dad. He only dies once. Like, you really fucked it up. Right. Uh, but um, also, I just want to point out, um, as you'll hear us say a lot, Jerrica is known for her shitty hats. So <laughs> that's I've, I've become desensitized to that personally. So shitty hat Jerrica is essentially her name. Right. Um, because no matter the outfit, no matter the occasion, no matter the time... She is wearing one without fail. Right. She's wearing a hat. It's full of shit. That's basically, that's her look. Sometimes she'll swap it out for a headscarf. That also doesn't work. 
doesn't work and i'm gonna say like mildly like i don't not even appropriative it's just <laughs> like it's not necessary yeah you're not in the yeah, like you're not in the desert you're, you're not in a hot climate <laughs> why is your why am i seeing what looks to be like the imprint of your scalp <laughs> you're not a pirate wench exactly you look it but you're not right um but anyway moving on um so she's at the speedroll and Eric Raymond, um, who we'll learn about uh, a bit later, grabs her by the shoulders and, like, tries to console her. And it's like, if you need any help, like, I'm here for you. And her boyfriend, Rio, looks so angry throughout this entire exchange. And it's baffling to me why Rio is being such a little bitch. I wonder if it's because he's jealous that another man is touching her. Rio would, and I don't like Jerrica's like, oh, don't worry, Eric, Rio means well. It's like, does he? Does he mean <laughs> well when he's like essentially assaulting someone, trying to console you at your father's funeral? Right. I don't know. And like, I get like, we'll, we'll learn very, very soon. Eric is basically like a sociopath, evil person. But in this moment to the viewer, he is literally just saying like, I'm super sorry that your father died to someone who lost their father. Like, Rio, wh where's this coming from? Right. Um, and I guess we'll learn a bit more about that. Um, so we learn that her father left them. Uh, so Kimber no, and No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure she says left her. Aha. Uh -huh. All cause right. Because like, I had this in my note. Ger uh, Jerrica's like, um, you know, my father left me like two inheritances. Starlight Music, this like big time record label, and Starlight House, this um, orphanage. And... There's no mention of her sister Kimber, as far as I was aware of. And I don't even think until this point we even know Kimber the Redhead is Jerrica's sister at all. Very true. Um, yeah, I guess I jumped the gun on that one. I, I guess I just assumed her father would have left both of them to inherit yeah, you'd, you'd assume so, but uh, <laughs> fucking Mr. Ben playing favorites hardcore. <laughs> Um, yeah, so one of the two, one of the inheritances is a record company, Starlight Music, and the other one is the orphanage for girls, Starlight House. Um, Starlight House has been left kind of in disarray. Nothing works properly. There isn't really electricity. The furniture is super janky. Um, it's basically a dump. Right, and like as and when we pan into Starlight House, you got a lot of a bunch of orphans doing manual labor. Yes, which like what else is new? Jerrica Benton loves her free labor, particularly <laughs> if it's done by the tiny hands of children. Yeah, for sure. Um, the scene was like kind of ridiculous because it had like one of these weird like cascading chains of events happening, like Rio like by the light bulbs on a on a ladder and it's like to Aja turn on the lights and she flips the switch and then somehow the vacuum cleaner like goes forward and hits his ladder and then he falls and, and it also explodes and then it explodes and then somehow Jerrica Jerrica sneezes and then there's water everywhere it was very confusing yeah it didn't really make much sense but I also I want to point out the um the cementing of gender roles in this scene. Because you have Rio looking thick in, like, some overalls. <laughs> and he's playing Mr. Fix-It, like, doing electrical wiring. We're all, basically everyone else is a woman who are just, like, cleaning and scrubbing floors and stuff like that. It's like, oh, uh, one, it seems like you got a pretty cushy dude. You're just, like, getting up onto a ladder and asking someone else to, like, throw a switch. 
Whereas all the ladies are putting in some real elbow grease into it. Yeah. Um, Jerrica is doing some plumbing. Oh, that's true, actually. She is. Yeah. Which is traditionally in a, a man's job. Yeah. I will say, though, okay, Rio is, like, for a moment, but his shape changes a lot. Like, at one point, he was, like, super slender, and then he his shape just kind of, like, morphs with each frame. Right, right. right. Rio is an amorphous blob, so he basically <laughs> just takes the shape of whatever container he's in. <laughs> but in actuality, it's just, like, some real shitty animation. Because, like, yeah, every frame, like every step he takes, his, his body dimensions shift, and you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, they're, like, pretty much, like, all kind of fed up with this house. Like, we need money to fix it. Like, nothing we're going to do is going to, like, really do anything. And some Peggy Hill-looking woman... Um, is like, well, you should go to Starlight Music. That's how your father used to get money. Oh, before, before we get there, um, cause yes, Peggy Hill lady, who the fuck is her? Who the fuck is she? I have no idea. But there is a random scene and Jocelyn, you can back me up here. The site, they were usually legally streamed. This show wasn't available today. Yeah. So the other site that we used had almost a different version of the first episode that I thought was really, really interesting. And there's this, like, brief scene where motherfucking Ashley, so Ashley, before I get too into it, <laughs> and, like, hate on, essentially, this orphan girl. Uh, she's one of the, she's one of the Starlight Orphans. She has, you know, a hot mess of, like, really shitty hair. It's, like, <laughs> it's, like, a rat tail vibe, but also, it's like, like, a big... rat. Yeah, it's a rat tail mullet. Right, rat tail mullet, but also, like, puffed out like an 80s do and the color of her hair is also the exact same color as like the shirt she's wearing it's like an off yellow type thing majig yeah uh it's terrible but uh <laughs> you'll we'll get into really why ashley is the worst but in this moment ashley in like everyone cleaning up and everything's breaking she says like oh what a dump leaps onto a chair and then fucking breaks it, like it just collapses right under her and demolishes a chair. To which I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe this is a dump. But also, like, dude, don't <laughs> careen onto a chair or a piece of furniture and expect everything to be okay. Okay, um, I mean, I'm gonna defend Ashley in this moment. Um, I don't know, I feel like she's a child. Usually they do a lot of careening. And it is All a right. dump. She's, yeah, she's not yeah, wrong. Yeah. She ain't wrong, but she's fucking Ashley, so, like... She's that's... a bitch about it. She's a bitch exactly. about it. Exactly. She's a real bitch about it. <laughs> anyway, so that was, like, one of those random scenes that were, like, added into this episode that I've never seen before, despite the fact that I've seen this episode far too many times already. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Peggy Hill is doing Jerrica's hair. is basically like, yo, if you need money, go to the record label that you, that you basically own. Um... To which we uh, cut to Starlight music, um, and Jarek is going up this, like, fucking futuristic elevator, uh, and, like, shoots up. I'm pretty sure in the other version of this episode, there's an exchange with, a, a, a like, a daddy security guard. I missed him because he had a nice stash and a hot bod, so. Yeah, he was quite a beefcake. Yeah. And he was like, hey, what are you doing here? And she basically runs past him anyway. Which... Right, right. I, uh... It was a little rude. A little rude. Pretty fucking entitled. I mean, Jerrica Benton, like, entitled a la Max, so what else is new? <laughs> so anyway, she gets to the floor, um, and she gets to Eric's office. 
Um, and his secretary is like the hottest woman of all time. Oh, dude. Hero alert. <laughs> Such an icon. I don't know. She's just sitting there painting her nails, wearing fingerless gloves, and she's like, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. Jericho's like, oh, where's Gloria? She's like, I don't fucking know. I got hired last week, lady. <laughs> um, and of course, Jerrica does not wait for her to say, like, go on through. Like, he's ready for you. She just barges in. Which, again, entitled. Yeah. Well, I, that being said, I'll, I'll defend her to a degree because she technically is half owner. So she can go where the fuck she wants. That's true. Um, anyway, so she barges in, and she's basically like, yo, I need money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To which we get the first glimpse of, like, standard form Eric. Like, I think when we saw him at the funeral, that was, like, somber, gotta look nice Eric, because this is full-fledged evil Eric, to the point where his hair even flips up into what I swear to God are tiny devil little horns. Devil horns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you look so evil with your angular buttoned out 80s suit and like your devil horns hair. It's, it's dastardly. Yeah. I will say, um, it was kind of hot how deep his V was like the V neck on his oh, yeah. blouse. Super deep. Yeah. It was, it was hot. It was like an evil, sexy vampire CEO. True, true, true. Yeah, I, I vibe that. That is that when you when you threw vampire into the mix, I was immediately aroused. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe that's too kind then, like demon. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could say both vampires are technically demons. Not all demons are vampires. That whole shtick. Uh, but demonic, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like classy about it. Right, right. He look. He's poised. He's he has. He's he's a modern day demon. You know, he's not <laughs> grinding people into their bones into bread just for the sake of it. He's he's discriminate with his killings to make a profit and like be sleek about it. Maybe sexy. Yeah, totally. He's our baby boomer daddy that we've been wanting. So true, actually. And like, whew. He really demonstrates that as he explains to Jerrica, who's wanting money for a fucking orphanage to feel, <laughs> to like feed a bunch of orphan girls. And Erica's like, not nah, sorry. I'm going to try to make this Starlight Music thing into the most powerful recording studio in the world. I can't be funding money to a bunch of needy children. Right. And he basically dismisses her role in the company by being like, you're just a kid. Right, which, again, I think Jericho's about 1920, which is a fair comment. Yeah, but, like, I don't understand why he, like, inherited half the company when he's just this random fucking guy. Yeah, I, I'll i throw that one on Mr. Benton, because, like, it doesn't seem like Eric makes his evil nature a secret. As we <laughs> just explained, he already looks pretty fucking evil. So, like, Mr. Benton, and we'll get more into the questionable nature of your relationship with everybody, but maybe you shouldn't have left half of your company to someone who was gonna, like, stab your daughter in the back at the first opportunity. Right. Um, but anyway, so basically, his way of making Starlight Music into the most powerful record company in the world is through bringing in fresh new talent, um, like the band The Misfits. Who, who comes straight through yes. in some fucking guitar cycles. Guitar cycles, <laughs> sorry. Uh, which, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, is essentially a guitar on, like, two wheels, like a motorcycle, but the body of the motorcycle <laughs> is a guitar. It's fucking, it's, it's pretty sexy. 
Uh, yeah, they are already complete bitches when they come through. They, like, circle around Jerrica to intimidate her. Um, and they're basically like, stay out of my way or else. To which we then go into the very first song of Gem and the Hologram's history, which is Get Out of My Way. cool they're at an amusement park for some reason and then they're in a castle um and jerica is sitting on this like throne like chair and pizzazz pulls the lever and she falls down into a booby trap which is pretty fun right i like that yeah it's basically making jerica's life awful in like various settings um, again, to the carnival vibes, I really liked when Stormer, like, <laughs> throws a ball, but it's actually Pizzazz's, like, face on the ball, and that yeah, ball definitely. then causes Jerrica to, like, plunge into water. It's, like, one of those carnival games. I really liked it. Um, yeah. There's it's... also, like, a surfer moment where, like, Jerrica's in a bubble as, like, the the misfits careen on a, like, a, on a wave past her. Right. Now... What's this music video different from the other version of episode one that we saw? Yeah, I feel like, oh, well, yeah, missing from this this version was at one point in the other one, Pizzazz is wearing, like, boxing gloves. And much like the previous thing I explained where Jericho's on some sort of, like, stool and hitting the target will, like, make her go into water, um... Pizzazz isn't playing the role of the sphere or a ball. She basically just has boxing gloves and punches the target to cause Jerrica to careen into a vat of water, which I was like, I have never seen that carnival game before ever. Um, <laughs> I don't know any carnival game that involves boxing gloves. Um, there was also another one where like Pizzazz was approaching Jerrica with a giant hammer. Right? right, and then, like, you think for a second she's really just going to smash a bitch in the face, but then, <laughs> no, she's just, like, doing some sort of, like, strength context contest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was still a fun little thing to add in. Yeah, But they yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. add it into this episode. They should have kept that. I don't know what was happening. Yeah, there was a lot of stylistic choices to this version where I was like, ah, you're missing some of the best parts. Yeah, for sure. Um... So anyway, um, Eric reveals that he set up this Battle of the Bands concert where the Misfits are going to perform. And he basically says right in front of Jerrica that he's rigged the competition um, so that the Misfits will win by default. Right, because the other bands are going to like suck hard. To which Jerrica then comes back at him like, you're using my father's company to promote this trash? Which Oof. is like... Strong words, dude. Like, you just met these people. Yeah, and, like, their song wasn't that bad, and they came in with guitarsicles, and... Yeah. You don't uh, have a guitarsicle. Yeah, bitch. Like, get in line for that guitarsicle. <laughs> like, you want one, I want one. 
right? Like, that was such a baseless accusation at this point, you know? Right. I mean, like, yeah, because like, we'll learn, like, yes, they're trash. Roxy can't read. Um, but Pizzazz, leader of the group, comes back at her. She's like, who the fuck are you calling trash? Uh, which is, again, true. Why the hate? Um, yeah. And Eric is basically like, yo, bitch, like, I'm in charge, so, like, kindly fuck off uh, and, like, get out of my office. Right. Um, yeah, that was a very dramatic scene. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it oh good. yeah, the, tension, the tensions were high. We had a lot, a lot of large personalities. I think it was the first interaction we get with, like, Pizzazz versus Jerrica, who, well, it's a little bit one-sided, but Pizzazz is, like, Jerrica slash Jem's rival, despite the fact that I don't think the other parties really see it that way. No. <laughs> The holograms, like, don't care. They're just trying to, like, escape, I don't know, the misfits' wrath, you know? Right, And, like, homicidal tendencies. Um, Right. But anyway, we'll see that more later. Um, So basically, Jerrica's like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Like, I'll get back at you. You just wait and see. Um, So it cuts to the scene um, in the mansion or the Starlight House no power, everything is lit up by candlelight, um, and Jerrica is sitting at her vanity with, like, a little gift box, um, that's been sent to her by a mystery sender, a secret admirer. She doesn't know at this point. Right. Um, so she opens the box, it's a pair of hot pink star earrings. To which she says, like, oh, what beautiful earrings, like, yeah, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And someone says, like, they must be designer. Like, designed by who? Yeah, designed by a three-year-old? like someone... Yeah, like a one-handed Malaysian dude? <laughs> oh my god. They don't look good, is all I'm saying, alright? They're like, okay. they're, they're fucking mad pointy. Uh, they look like ninja throws, throwing stars, like shuriken kind of situation, but like they're red. Yeah, but they're not even that cool. They just... Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Um, so they're, like, while they're wondering, like, who the fuck sent this, their window, like, blows open, and this, like, sporty specter comes through the window, and it's this hot bitch with purple skin and a jazzercise outfit, um, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got, like, mad spooky for a minute, like, winds blowing, the power goes out, this spectral being pops in, she's <laughs> like, Jerrica Benton. I have come for you. <laughs> uh, and again, like I said, man sensual. She really accentuated the cum, but... Yeah, yeah, uh, she hung on to the cum part of that sentence for a bit. Just hung on to that cum. Uh, <laughs> I know how you feel, lady. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but because, you know, um, we're at a very, uh, we're at a moment of tension. Who is this ghost? This fine-looking ghost? Uh, we got a commercial. Jim will be right back after these messages. And now, back to Jim. But, you know, we're illegally streaming this, so there's no actual commercials. Right, so we come exactly. back immediately. Um, in the, this, like, this ghost-ass woman is basically explaining the whole situation to Jerrica and, and her posse. Like, you'll find instructions in the earring box. Like, I'm not even really here, which is what Jerrica discovered. She's like, oh, this is, it's a hologram. What's happening? 
Right. Uh, and Synergy pops out with a, I am waiting for you, Jerrica. Waiting for you to come. Uh, which is verbatim. She does not say she waiting hundo- for you to come. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Check the receipts. <laughs> she fucking says it. And I'm on, like, Synergy come watch. Uh, because we'll get one more. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, it would, like, it would check out because I do think she was designed as, like, an erotic sex robot hologram thing for her dad. But anyway, we'll get to that. So, Jerrica and the holograms take their van, follow the instructions to this abandoned uh, drive-in movie theater. The Star Drive-In. The Star Drive-In. They... Drive through a wall. No, 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 no. I, so this is where the second, the the, the third come comes in, because um, they're in their fucking van, and uh, they're yeah, they are basically like at a, at an impasse. It's a, it's a, what looks to be a solid wall, and Synergy is like, "Welcome, Jerrica Benton. Come, don't be afraid." So like, they come <laughs> uh, has anyone ever said that to you during sex? Like, come, don't be afraid. <laughs> No one has, and I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it, why has no one? <laughs> I would like that reassurance. Right, like, uh, I can really feel vulnerable and like, right, I don't need to be afraid. All over the place. Right. Well, I mean, it happens. It's like sometimes you're afraid of coming before the other person. You don't want to like leave them in the lurch kind of thing. I would love a, hey, don't be afraid. Just come. Hold my face. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, some really nice reassurance. Yeah, I'm going to do that for someone next time. Like, you know, you got to pay it forward. It'll come to me once I come to someone else. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> so they're in the car, and uh, all the um, the fucking the holograms are like, no, let's not do it. Aja says, hey, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Like, oh, okay, Aja, <laughs> you consider yourself crazy, whatever. But Jericho's like, no, 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 I got a feeling about this. So they drive on through, and, like, lo and behold, it's a fucking illusion. Um, and I loved, as soon as they enter this, like, weird layer, there's, like, these futuristic sound effects, like, bleep, bloop, 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 bloop. Um, right. Which is, like, signaling to the child, the viewer, like, this is some high-tech shit. If you hear high-pitched beeping noises, this is futuristic. Yeah, some high-tech science. Which, okay, so, basically, Synergy is now on this TV that's built into, like, some organ thing. How would you describe it, Michael? I would describe it as a cross between, yes, a church organ, um, like a rinky-dig keyboard, and, like, a like a, a military command center in an eight-year-old show. So it's, like, <laughs> all of those things combined. So it looks... Like, despite the fact that Synergy describes herself as, like, the most sophisticated audio-visual synthesizer, it also looks just, I don't know, like like a, like a Polly Pocket set? It does. Like, it looks like it was hot glued together. Right, 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 right. And the hot, and because, you know, it's hot, it's like, uh, just, the, the glue was warm. <laughs> um... And yeah, she also describes herself as a holographic computer designed, as you said, to be the ultimate audiovisual entertainment synthesizer. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there, Jocelyn, because she doesn't say she's a holographic computer. She calls herself a holographic computer. <laughs> so, um, listener, 
I'm gonna be on a whole watch all through, as I, you know, am in real life. Yeah, I'm be always on a looking for your holes. Yeah, dude, you gotta find a good hole. It's just you gotta be able to look. <laughs> um, basically, as we'll see in future episodes, and I, you know, as we just noticed now, we're finding some discrepancies in the pronunciation of the word hologram. Um, like you, I would hope you and I and Jocelyn, the word is hologram. There's no e. There's no, like, you know, long O sound. But sporadically throughout this series, you'll catch a character saying hologram. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. Is it whole-a-gram? Uh, is that how you, is that how, like, Americans pronounce hologram? I don't fucking know. It's just, I want you to be aware, because that's our first instance. Yeah, um, and there will be many more. Um... Yeah, so basically Synergy tells them that she can com she can generate completely realistic holograms or holograms and can change appearances. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Um so basically she like showed like Jerica, like she turned another character into Jerica, she turned Kimber into Aja, and I really like Aja's comment here of like, "Oh, you've never looked better." <laughs> it's like, "Ooh, yeah, Aja, shady bitch. I like it." <laughs> Uh, and we also, as Anna Synergy tells us, she was built by Jerrica's father. Yes. Important which, detail. Important detail. And also, it just, you know, then brings up a lot of other questions of, you know, who the fuck was Jerrica's father? Right. Not only did he own a orphanage of small young women, uh, little girls, one might say, uh, a record label, but also had this like creepy layer in an abandoned movie studio where he was also building the sophisticated illusion casting machine. Um, and Jerrica says later, like, I can't believe father kept it all a secret. And it's like, yeah, dude, me neither. That's a lot of shit going on. Right. How did he keep it secret? Why did he keep it secret? Um, I can only, my mind goes to very dark, dirty places when I think about why. Yeah, like I said, I think he designed synergy to like fulfill some sort of weird sexual fantasy of his like my theory is because his wife died um maybe like he designed synergy to kind of be a placeholder and like fucked her holographic vagina at some point i don't know <laughs> i like the the like, the physics that like i try to like play with my head of like fucking her holographic vagina okay okay <laughs> yeah i don't know how that would work but i think he would try right and like so i don't know where i read this um i don't know if i'm fictionalizing and making things up in my head which like tbh i often do uh, but i'm pretty sure that in some form of gem media it's revealed that the, like, base of Synergy's, like, physicality and maybe even personality is from Jericho's mother. Mm -hmm. So he, like, took the likeness of Jericho's mother, maybe even in some sort of, like, weird, like, techno-pagan ritual, a portion of her soul, <laughs> to make this new holographic computer um, monstrosity. And I only say monstrosity much more on a... Frankenstein's monster type situation because Synergy looks great. Synergy looks uh, amazing, although she doesn't have pupil or pupils or irises. Her eyes are just completely purple. 
Yeah, but who needs them? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, That's actually kind of my favorite part about her. Exactly. It's like <laughs> I look into her eyes and all I see is myself, you know? Right. Um, so, in to like bolster your theory, it would make sense if Mr. Benton it was like hardcore banging synergy because it was based on, like I said, the likeness of his wife. But to build on your theory, he definitely did that. Like, Mr. Ben was, like, kind of fucked up, few screws loose, made a sex bot, illusion casting machine. In but, a dark, abandoned lair. Right, right, exactly. And so I'm just gonna, like, you know, pull some webs from other, like, elements of his character, because he also owned this record label, he also owned this orphanage for, like, young girls. It just seems to me like he was essentially creating what was a breeding ground for pop stars, because as we'll see, Synergy's like, oh, your father left you this, and left you this, and left you this. Uh, you know, a bunch of, like, a bunch of um, outfits to wear. A whole, you know, equipment for, like, to make a band. And a rock and roadster, which right. makes no sense. Anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the rock, rock and, and ro roadster is a car, by the way. Yeah, 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 which is so unnecessary. But anyways, in the, uh, in my theory, I should say, it just seems like he was building up in a mass of, like, looks and enough equipment to fuel future pop stars. So it seems like, one, he was grooming his daughter and, well, technically his two daughters to become some sort of pop icon. But it just seemed like he also had a bunch of other bitches in the wing in case anyone dropped off to, like, sub in at any moment. That's so creepy. Yeah, dude. Like, it's unsettling. And, like, yeah. and it gives them no power over their own futures really because as soon as he died the specter this holographic jazzercise sport lady like comes and summons them to become a new person basically assume a new identity hmm. that's true that actually that does take a lot of agency away away from jerica in the sense that all like everything she's playing out right now and her path to autonomy and redemption is from a framework that her father created for her mm -hmm. uh so that does kind of remove a lot of feminist elements because she's basically just being a good daddy's girl right exactly um one thing i find bizarre about his selection of outfits like on the wall there's this tiny red negligee with like little um little fringes on it and I'm like this is what you want your daughter to wear <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, a slutty nighty with like some fringes that goes yeah, no lower than like just below her butt that's pretty fucked up um but so yeah it's also to explain synergy reveals like all this like hot shit that her father left um Jerica um a bunch of outfits, as Jocelyn just mentioned, also known as fashions. It's right. important to understand in the uh, in the gemisphere. An outfit isn't called an outfit, or a look, or an ensemble. It's a fashion. And, <laughs> uh, yes, that makes no sense, but as we discovered, um, little makes sense in this world. Uh, so, hey, like, you know, I worked really hard on my fashion today. Oh, you can really tell your fashion is on point. Right. Use it in the sentence. Yes. Multiple outfits being fashions. But anyway, um, so basically, 
seeing all of this, seeing all the instruments, seeing all the fashions gives them the idea of like, hey, this is how we can defeat Eric Raymond and the Misfits is to become a band ourselves. So in the next scene, we cut to the Battle of the Bands competition and there are a bunch of bands playing. There are the Limp Lizards, which basically are like this, they're all terrible, um, but their looks are pretty good. They look like serpentine, I don't know, serpentine Dude, serpentine meth heads. Yeah, all right. <laughs> meth head prostitutes, perfect. That actually sums it up very, very well. So they're wearing these like scaled dresses. They're also like mad gaunt uh, right. and look like destroyed on an emotional level. So like not just physical, which I guess would come from you know, paying men for sex or getting paid for sex, which actually I'm not I'm not hating on sex workers here, but it just looks like they are emotionally destroyed. Right. Um, and another band who didn't make it into the second version or the first version, whatever version we watched, uh, the Space Cadets. Yeah, the Space Cadets, who they basically look like a cross between Voltron and Sailor Moon. So it's fantastical edgy space gear with like a feminine flair and all i could really think of like yes you would battle an evil space witch in the realm of you know in some black hole while riding unicorns kind of thing <laughs> um, that's like just like the vibe i got and the unicorns would also be like half machine and they would form into a giant fighting robot that had wings and a unicorn yo that's dope yeah, that's actually a pretty fucking good idea for a cartoon, but uh, here we I are. I think so. Um, so, in other words, Michael really loves the Space Cadets. <laughs> Love the Space Cadets. Um, fully support. And then also we see the Leatherettes, who, um, to also wax poetic about their attire, they're kind of like motorcycle punk Mad Max uh in a like 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 kind of leather daddy despite the fact that they're all women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty hot look pretty hot look honestly the three bands I, I i liked them like on the basis of their outfits alone i think they should have been real contenders for the top prize oh hundo p hundo p like again space cadets are essentially what i aspire to look like in my everyday life <laughs> um but yeah when they perform um the crowd hates them. Like, everyone is super angry about it. Like, booing them off stage. Yeah. The crowd was not living for them. Yeah, 0%. 0%. They, uh, they all hate them. Um, I also just, like, noticed, like, one bitch was, like, wearing a corset. I like that. I thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the Misfits go on, and... Everybody is cheering for them. Eric deems them the winners of the competition. But Gem and the Holograms come through and start playing music on another stage. Um, and this catches everyone's attention and they all run over to the other stage. And Eric and the Misfits look super shook by this. Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. But my question is, how the fuck wouldn't they have noticed that another stage was there and that they were setting up to perform on the stage? Yeah, that is very, 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 very true. The only rational explanation I can find, and, like, again, we're going to be doing a lot of this rational explanation kind of thing, because uh, they really leave it into the mind of the viewers to fill in those plot details, is that 
in the Battle of the Bands, they had two opposing stages. Like, one band would play while the other band got set up, and thus switching throughout the context. context. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, again, sensible, but again, I don't think anyone writing thought about that. True, true, true. So anyway, the song that they play is Only the Beginning. starts off pretty hot yeah only the beginning i i I kind of well one i thought it was a little bit on the nose it's their first fucking song like oh right (laughs) also like the basically the the title of the episode like okay late on thick much right exactly we get it it's the beginning um so yeah they're playing um the music video is like half music video half like the actual performance and at one point like Gem and the Holograms are riding a shooting star that has like a rainbow tail and right, I really right, enjoyed right. that um yeah I think this is the um like the uh, the start of a long running uh motif of stars followed by rainbows yeah a lot and of that going on a lot of that um and what else happens? I don't know. Jem kind of like is playing with the claw machine and she scoops the holograms out of the machine, which is fun. Um, yeah, some random Overall, visuals. Overall, though, yeah, it's kind of like random visuals, a lot of like interstellar stuff, um, a lot of stars flying through space. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> not exactly like, you know, the most cohesive. Uh, no eyeballs. I think there's like maybe one or two eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah, um, they really like eyeballs in the show, as you'll soon discover. Yeah, I'm I'm on whole watch and eyeball watch, which is like <laughs> almost the, the same thing. Yeah, because um, the eye socket is just another hole, Jocelyn. Yeah, but usually there's an eye there. Usually, unless there's not. Like, <laughs> like, don't go to prison, then you know. <laughs> don't drop the soap. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Don't lose your eye patch, bro. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll workshop that one. Um... <laughs> I also just really like in this song as well, you can like clearly see the animators don't necessarily know what playing an instrument looks like because <laughs> you have like Shayna on the drums just like tapping at things rapid- uh, randomly. You have like Kimber on the keytar pressing on it you have aja on a guitar just her 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 strumming hand is moving but her like the hand on the actual neck of the guitar isn't moving at all so it's like oh okay that's 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 what one might look like when playing an instrument but maybe not when playing a song right um but anyway uh despite their maybe questionable instrumental skills um the crowd goes wild and Eric's pretty pissed off. He's like, you can't just come here and play. Like, you, this competition is by invitation only. And Jem is basically like, well, she invited me and um, casts a hologram of Jerrica, um, who gets into it with Eric. Um, and 
basically Eric and Jerrica make a wager that whoever wins the Battle of the Bands concert in six months that they just decided that they're going to throw um, gets control of the company of Starlight Music. Right. And this is like the first of many one like gem switcheroos because we'll see this a lot where like, oh, I'm over here, but like she's over there and I'm going to go switch and showtime synergy. But anyways, and um, as they're having this like little dispute, these burly journalists are recording everything and uh, basically broadcasting it to everyone around uh, to which. As an aspiring burly journalist, I, I, I liked that um, these, <laughs> these men were there. Um, I'm just not burly yet. That's my thing. Um, <laughs> so, and then we pan to these music execs, and as we pan away, we cut, we see briefly this man in all powder blue with yes. like pure white hair. Um, I don't know, like, <laughs> and I pointed this out. In episodes past, and by episodes past, I mean previous recordings of this episode. <laughs> um, he looks like the male version of the DC Comics character Ice, who is basically a woman with ice-based powers, who also has white hair and like a powder blue kind of super suit. Uh, so I'm pretty sure they basically just jack that and like put it on somebody, and here he was in a crowd randomly. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was great. It was great. I also just like love to see someone like that IRL. <laughs> um, then we're pat panning to all the music execs who most of them are wearing like super creepy sunglasses. Dude, they're like a bunch of men standing crossed, like with their arms crossed, like in the bushes, like basically right, yeah. hiding in the bushes, watching these young girls perform. Right. Which, uh, yeah. in when you describe it like that, super creepy. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So the journalists broadcast like this whole conversation between Eric and Jerrica for everyone to hear and like afterwards this movie executive Howard Sands the Sands man the Sands man always has a plan or something I mean um, at this point he does have a plan he He's does have a like, plan <laughs> hey you know this, this wager that you just made where you're already betting your entire like music company I'll sweeten the deal I'll give you a movie contract in a mansion. It's like, where did you come from? <laughs> and why are you so, like, generous randomly? Right, yeah, like, why would you see, like, essentially two strangers arguing again about two untested acts of music <laughs> groups to be like, you know what, I'm gonna see how this plays out and I'll, uh, I'm gonna make this, like, a lot more interesting by... You know, investing an entire movie in a multi-million dollar mansion. Yeah, um, it makes little sense. Um, but anyway, after that whole thing, the Misfits are, like, pretty pissed off that the holograms make a splash at what was supposed to be their Battle of the Bands victory. Right. They steal all of their equipment and drive off in their van. Um, to which the holograms are like, oh, fuck, they're stealing our stuff. And they hop into the rock and roadster. And then there's like a very unnecessary car chase that they. Dude, so unnecessary. <laughs> but like, and like, this is a feature of this show. There's a lot of car chases <laughs> where it's like, dude, this is a, this is a show about rock bands and music and like little girls and shit. Like, why are there so many car chases? Um, but yeah, the best part is when they're like driving on this mountain 
Like, this is the most high-stakes car chase and, like, actually, like, shows you how fucking crazy the misfits are. Um, because as they're twisting and turning on this mountain where, like, you know, if you make a hard swerve, you're gonna fall off the fucking mountain. Roxy and Stormer are throwing instruments at the hologram's car. Yeah, legit, <laughs> like, tossing keyboards and, like, bass guitars and I get it, Roxy, you're illiterate, but, like, you know the danger of this, right? Right? Like, just because you can't read doesn't mean you don't, like, understand, like, basic cause and effect or any of that shit. Right. I just, I feel like Roxy's stuck at, like, stage three of intellectual development where, like, <laughs> you don't understand that your actions have consequences and you... Like, the idea of, like, a, a tall, like, a tall, thin glass holding more, you would assume it holds more liquid than, like, a, like, a shallow, flat glass. Right, you know so I mean? she's yeah. stuck in, like, kindergarten. Right, exactly. <laughs> Developmentally. Her parents Developmentally. were very, Yeah, her uh, parents were very negligent. Or, I mean, not even there. We really don't know at this point. Yeah, maybe she didn't have parents. Um, anyway... Um, so yeah, they're, the holograms are swerving out of the way, and at one point, they're, like, almost gonna drive off a cliff, and they're hanging off a cliff, and, you know, everyone's like, oh no, will they survive? Obviously they will, because it's the first fucking episode. And, basically, through another synergy switcheroo, Jerrica casts Jem into the middle of the street and flags down Rio, who comes and saves the day. So Rio, yeah, Rio saves the day, and we, like, cut to, like, the scene, and it then appears as, like, a, a newspaper clipping, and uh, Eric Raymond's holding the newspaper, and he's basically like, oh, well, if they did it, like, this, like, Rio Pacheco saved them all, and they got all this free publicity, which, I'll point out, this is the first time we hear Rio's last name, Rio yes. Pacheco, and, you know, in my, you know, uh, surface-level Googling, Pacheco... <laughs> is a noble lineage of Portuguese and Spanish origin. A Roman general named uh, Vivio Pacecchio, sent by Julius Caesar to fight in the Iberian Peninsula, is one of the first persons recorded with this surname, which could translate to noble one. The surname also has a Jewish variant traced to the Franks in France, and that applies to Rio, because he's definitely like Spanish, Portuguese, or something. So uh, Pacheco, real last name, confirmed. Yeah, and it confirms him as, like, being vaguely ethnic, so as to support an even more ethnically diverse cast. Right, but is he ethnic white or, like, legit ethnic? I mean, that's, that's like, the whole Latinx debate. Like, there are white Latinx people, and then there are non-white Latinx people. Um, right. I just, like, you know, as an Italian, I want to know how much I can get away with in terms of, like, you know, racial slurs. <laughs> Like, am I hashtag whitey, or, like, am I a Pacheco kind of scenario? I mean, you're an ethnic white. I would, okay, I would, I guess Rio's an ethnic white. Let's go with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, yeah. Um, what were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Eric Raymond's <laughs> talking about this fucking newspaper clipping. Rio Pacheco saved the day, and they got all this free publicity. And he's all pissed about it. And he, like, says to them, like, they could have called the police. And I like, Roxy's retort is, like, yo, lighten up. Like, it's, that Aja couldn't drive. And, like, we both have, like, one ignoring, essentially, attempted murder. 
Uh, and two, on a dig at the Asian character for their driving skills. Right. So racist and so Roxy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Racist Roxy. Racist Roxy. Also known as Can't Read Roxy. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, like, Eric's like, you know what? Like, you bitches are too wild. Let me handle the business side of things. And basically his strategy here is to hire a goon who is wearing a leather jacket um, and spiky blonde hair and these cool wraparound mirror sunglasses. Do they basically look, they, they kind of look like the blind dude in Star Trek. Like, you know, like he wears. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 It's pretty dope. Um, his name is Zipper. Um, he is my favorite character. Yeah, Zipper's great. Um, and Eric makes this call and he's basically like, I just want you to make the girls nervous. And Zipper goes like, making people nervous is my specialty. <laughs> to which, I don't know how you got that specialty, dude, but uh, I buy it because your voice is unsettling. Yeah, you're terrifying. You're wearing a leather jacket and have spiky hair and sunglasses. Um, so anyway, he like goes to the Starlight House in the middle of the whoa, night. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. We're jumping way too far ahead because one... <laughs> Oh, we miss right, a song. we are. Yes, we, we miss, miss a song. song. Winning is everything. Because uh, that comes when Eric is like, oh, you know, or Pizzazz, like, you know, you better make us win. And then they cut, break into winning is everything because, you know, winning is everything. It's very, very, very similar to uh, Get Out of My Way. Yes. And that the whole video is basically like the Misfits trashing Jerrica in various situations. Um, you get quarterback pizzazz and cheerleader Roxy Stormer. You get them in like a like a parade conductor look. Yeah, like a marching bat, a yeah, marching yeah. band outfit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically like playing a bunch of games where the Misfits win. Um, again, very, very, very similar to Get Out of My Way, and, like, uh, similar music stylings in general. Yeah. Um, they're in a casino at one point. <laughs> which is, like, they deal with these topics pretty frankly for a children's cartoon. What topics are you talking about? Uh, gambling. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have... <laughs> But then again, this is the 80s. I feel like gambling wasn't seen as, like, a uncouth thing to like put on children's television yet will we see them doing blow i really hope so because like everyone on the show is on some sort of drug right thank you pizzazz, yeah pizzazz is on speed constantly yes uh eric raymond definitely a cokehead again it's the 80s he's a high-powered business exec obviously um i mean obviously none of them the holograms but rio i don't know maybe steroids <laughs> I mean, he does have a lot of rage. Is it right. rage? Probably. Or just, you know, toxic masculinity. Right. I mean, it would not It would explain why he was able to pull them all from a cliff um, in the car with a single rope. Right, right, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's he's roiding you. Um, 
So, but like, winning is everything. Like, it starts in Eric's office and then goes off these fantastic locations and then closes with them in his office still. And I just had this moment of, like, wait a second. Are they actually just in Eric's office this entire time? Or is, like, this, like, a whole group delusion thing? Uh, Yeah, they're a hive mind. Right, 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 right. Hive mind. A high hive mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... Eric was living for the performance. He was like, hey, like, if you keep making bangers like that, you'll go far. Right, right. And then um, we cut to the uh, the mansion just afterwards, and uh, we see a bunch of fucking little orphan girls. This bitch named Bonnie, she walked a dog. Deirdre, who the fuck she is, cut some lawns. And uh, that bitch Ashley that I mentioned earlier with the fucking mullet slash rat tail. (laughs) um, She's hating on everything. She's like, you know, why are you guys putting in money for this thing. I don't get it. And all the, the orphan girls are like, we're saving up a refrigerator for the house. We only need $30 more. To which, you know, I get it. Like, they're all, like, tight on money and, you know, where's where's the money coming from? But also, refrigerators are quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, how much manual labor do these little girls do to afford a refrigerator? We haven't seen them not busting their asses yet like, in this series. Like, they're always working, they're always toiling, and, like, you took these kids in to be, to provide for them, and you're making them work for their keep? It seems a little bit fucked up. Yeah, I think it's, like, Starlight House, orphanage slash catering company slash cleaning service. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a nice little pool of free labor for the Benton family. Exactly, exactly. But so also I also have a question of like, why does Ashley hate refrigerators? Because like, her reaction to them buying a new refrigerator, (laughs) which she will be using, is like utter disgust. And it's like, lady, like, I've never heard anyone have a negative opinion of refrigerators. Yeah, I mean, Ashley's just a hater. She like straight up hates everything. Yeah, she's sipping on that hater, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, um... When all of the orphans are gone, um, Ashley tries to, like, steal from the honor jar. And she was kind of a dumb bitch about it because, like, as soon as she turns around, like, Jerrica and the rest of the gang are standing right behind her. Which is like, Ashley, like, did you not look around before you tried to steal some money? Right. Um, like, I get it. You're, like, nine. But, you know, you have a sense of spatial awareness. <laughs> And um, basically they're like, well, since the other girls were the ones to make the money, I will have them decide what your punishment is. It's like, okay, fair, but also, so you're not only not providing financially for these kids, you're also, like, making them do the parenting? Oh, yeah, dude. Jerrica Benton style. Like, she doesn't, she just expects free shit constantly, which is a pretty big theme throughout the series. And, like, she never really pays for anything. People are just giving her free shit and doing free labor for her all the time. Dude, everyone bends over back backwards to give Jerrica shit. Um, like, not give her shit, but, like, give her physical things or, like, services for no charge. Right, it's uh, absurd. It's absurd. But, like, these orphans are basically just like, yo, Ashley, we fucking hate you, but, like, we can't kill you because, you know, laws. Um, (laughs) But they're basically like, look, you tried to steal 30 bucks, you gotta earn 30 bucks. That'll be fair. 
And Hatchie's like, how the fuck am I supposed to earn $30? Which I was like, yeah, fair. Also, like, you're nine years old. I don't know how you're going to do that. Putting a kid like Ashley um, on the street to somehow make $30 is not a good idea. She'd probably, like, turn tricks in some sort of lot. Hondo P would get on her knees. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to leave it there. But I love how the or- orphans are basically like, yo, that's your problem. You should have thought of that before you tried jacking our shit. Which is, again, like, one, street rules. And, like, two, I get it. That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. And Ashley, of course, is a salty bitch about it. But what else is new? That's yeah. just who she is. She's a high-sodium hoe. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, now we get to the part where Zipper, Eric's hired goon, breaks into the Starlight House in the middle of the night um, to make them nervous. Um, and like, quote unquote nervous. Nervous. And basically through an insane chain of events, he burns the entire house down. Right, right. Because like uh, like an orphan girl wakes Jerrica up and she's like, oh, you got, like something's happening and you get all like the misfits, or not the misfits, you get all like the gem and the holograms and their uh, you know their nighties, which like shout out to Kimber's pinstripe pajamas, the hot look. Um, and Zipper, he's actually originally like jacking stuff. He's stealing things, right? Yes. Which I was like, okay, how is that making anyone nervous? I guess after <laughs> the fact, it would make them nervous, but whatever. Also, shout out to Zipper's name on the back of his coat because he's wearing a black leather coat that also says Zippers on the back. Yeah, it's like, okay, now everyone's going to know who you are as you're committing crimes. Exactly. Um, And I actually, I really enjoyed, and I think this is an addition in, like, this version of the episode, because Zipper, once, like, they confront him, he, like, looks back, and they kind of, like, pan around the holograms, and it's, like, all of them, like, looking like they're going to, like, ready to fight. They're like, hey, lone male in our fucking living room, here are five fierce females, we're ready to, like, kill you uh i really liked it i really liked it i don't think anyone had them they didn't have like the the gumption for that but their looks said otherwise yeah uh it could also just have been an error of animation oh yeah i mean but you can say that about literally anything of this show (laughs) i do want to point out that jerica's hair like just having rolled out of the bed looks just as disheveled and terrible as it normally does Right, which, I mean, I think is just more credence to the fact that Jerrica's hair is pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Zipper, like, ends up running into Kimber, who's holding, like, an oil lamp, because they don't have any power. Um, Knocks it out of her hands, and immediately, like, the whole entire house is engulfed in flames. Right, because as I assume, it's made out of cardboard or some other highly (laughs) flammable material, because I've never seen a room erupt into flames that quickly. No. Um, yeah, it's highly implausible. But anyway, um, this brings us to the end of the episode, the end of part one of the beginning of Gem and the Holograms. Right, because we end on this hyper cliffhanger, the screen is but orange-red flames, will they survive, to be continued, God only knows. Right. Uh, I mean, we know, but whatever. (laughs) And you probably know, too. Um without even having watched it. Um, So to end our episodes, uh, we're going to introduce a title to bestow upon lucky characters or unlucky characters of each episode. 
So the first one is the hottest bitch of the episode. Who do we think that is? Michael. Right, 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 right. So the hottest bitch of the episode. If we were discussing the, like, V1, I would give it to the Space Cadets. Because the Space Cadets, like I said, on their, like, war battle unicorns wearing some (laughs) sort of, like, spacerific gear to, like, destroy evil by moonlight, um, they would probably get it. That would, I mean, that would be my vote. But we technically didn't see them in, like, the version of the episode we're technically discussing. So I'll give a nod to the one band that we did see, which were the Limp Lizards, because I did enjoy their serpentine scale like this. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. Um, I wanted to give it to um, Eric's secretary, to be honest. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hot I, bitch, hot bitch alert. I definitely enjoyed her, but I'm into giving it to the Space Cadets or the Limp Lizards. Um Let's say the Space Cadets, because the first version of the episode is stronger, in my opinion, and feels more finished. Um, So I want to say that's the real version. I agree, I agree. But I I mean, I will say, if we were basing off of this version, I would give it to Eric's assistant. um, Because she not only had the look down, she had the tood, which I really enjoyed. Because, like, I, I personally want to have a moment where someone walks into my place of business <laughs> and all I'm doing is painting my nails, not giving a fuck. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she was a hot bitch. I, I loved her. Um, yeah, so either Space Cadets or Eric's Receptionist. Depends on which episode you watch. Do tell us, listener. Well, we're going to like leave the first episode a little ambiguous. For sure. And then the second title um, that remains is biggest bitch of the episode. Now, I'm going to go for Ashley. Oh, I mean, obviously it's the because, obvious choice. Because, like, okay, I don't care that she's an orphan and a child. She is just... <laughs> <laughs> I also do not care. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. She is just such a little bitch about everything. It's like, oh, uh, you don't want your food to stay fresh? You don't want to contribute to the household that someone has so generously provided you with? Like, you want to be, like, a street urchin? Come on. Come on. Come on, Ashley. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't even know who else to give it to. Um, I mean, like, Jerrica's always up in the mix in my head, but, like, at least in this episode, she was dealing with the grief of her father dying, so, like, I'll give her, you know, I'll be a little bit more lax about it. Um, Otherwise... No one else really emanated, like, fucking big-ass bitch vibes other than fucking Ashley. No, it's totally her. It has to be her. Like, between her, like, hair, like, her mullet, rat tail shit that matches her shirt and pants, like, no. Yeah. You may be a child, but you have the presence of an adult biatch, I would say. Yeah, she's, like, not even... She looks like a creature. Some sort of, like, gutter rodent that you would see like rummaging through your trash you know <laughs> i i can't refute that you're right rodent like miscreant um <laughs> not quite humanoid i would say humanoid only because she walks on two legs right um she's basically like she's basically she would become roxy without any intervention 
Right. I I agree. And or you ever watch that movie, The Witches, by the like based on the Roald Dahl book? No. Okay, well, the witches in that fucking movie are fucking creepy as fuck, and uh, Ashley may or may not grow into, like, the grand evil witch. And at one point, she looks like a rat. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, so, congratulations, Ashley. You are Question the, mark? You are the biggest bitch of episode one of Gem and the Holograms, The Beginning. And congratulations to Eric's unnamed receptionist. And or the space cadets. Um, you both are hot. Yeah, y'all earned it. Y'all earned it. Okay, so that about wraps it up for this episode of Gem Girls. And if you liked what you heard, and even if you didn't, like it was kind of like, eh, that was mildly entertaining, just um, give us one of those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts because, you know, this was some quality stuff right here. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying we put a lot of effort into it or really <laughs> merits a five-star rating, but, like, you know, uh, you gotta, I actually had no rationale to tell you to give us a five-star. Uh, no, we don't. Yeah, we have no rationale, but if, you know, five stars for a name banter and unnecessary discussions. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, unadulterated ignorance. Indulgence. Indulgence. Uh, either way, you know, give us five stars. It'll help us look good. Um, and, like, we're all about looking good. And, you know, spread the good word of gem. You, too, can be a gemissary simply by giving us five stars and writing a good review. It's that easy, people. Um, so thank you, Michael, for begging our listeners yeah. <laughs> to give us a good a, rating. That's a fair description. I was begging. You're right. And if you want to find us online... You can go to Twitter or to Instagram and find us at Gem Girls Podcast on both of those platforms. So yeah, until next time, our faithful, probably non-existent listeners, stay outrageous. Stay outrageous.